ladies and gentlemen, appreciate you tuning in for today's podcast. It's your boy, Brian. It is your boy, Emiliano. <laughs> this is Beto. And this is Chris. And again, this is Buzz Candid and Critical. For today, we're going to be talking about one of the movies that I selected for today. And that is going to be Sicario. Oof. And beautiful. before we actually get into the whole movie, I want to talk about what we are drinking today. And today we are drinking a Belching Beaver Deftones Phantom Bright India Pale Ale. Let me just read the description that it has on the site so you guys can understand what we're dealing with. Named after the ethereal song by the one and only Deftones, Phantom Bright IPA is a blend of Amarillo, Citra, Simcoe, and Mosaic hops delicately balanced for the perfectly drinkable mix of citrus and hoppy goodness. A truly original Deftones Belching Beaver collaboration envisioned by Chino Moreno and skillfully, skillfully crafted by Tom Peters. Sit back, put on your headphones, and drink away. Yeah, So I've actually had this beer years ago when I first started working on my job. And I just kind of wanted to bring it up around once again. They did change the labels before. Before it used to be a black can with more like purples and gold, but yeah, oh, I think, yeah, yeah it it's white now, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was black. It was black and like red. I, I think I kind of like yeah. the old design a little more. This is a little modern, and I don't really like the design of the white, but I'm it's really enjoyable. They still have like their like collaboration. Uh, before we started, uh, when I was at the store, and I know obviously because we carry them at my job too, but they actually have a variety pack of different Deftones beers that, mm. that they've released in the last few years. They're, they have like brown ales, other IPAs, lagers, Mexican pills, Mexican lagers. But yeah, I just wanted to bring this. You know, it's a six pack. It, they're 16 ounce cans. You, you get more bang for your buck. Yes, sir. So as we get into it, um, Brian selected this movie. He selected Sicario. I think the last time we recorded or like two weeks ago when we recorded, he was actually watching it when we met to record. And then he was like, I know what movie I want to do, guys. So I want to get into your mind, Brian. I want to know why you selected this movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, for, for, for this movie, I mean, aside from what's going on in the real world, uh, has a lot to do with what's going on with that. But um, just the overall of how certain tasks in certain departments of the government how it works but not to mention also just the, the 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 shots of this movie you know this is one of those movies where at least i see it in every scenery it's not just your average uh, orange tint of every mexican movies or anywhere in like the midwest <laughs> yeah, no, no, all that sepia yeah <laughs> um but the just how a dedicated person in this movie can really really see the outcome of like what their field is in the job that just suddenly changes and uh i think uh the scores also from this movie was like uh, the person that also directed for the blade runner right yes he was uh he wait the the the, 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 the score well, he was going to score he was yes oh. so let me give you a, a little like tidbit so the reason i found out about this movie one of my friends jacob he told me if we'd actually re talked about this movie yet and i said no we haven't and he said that we should because not only because it's really good but because the person who scored this movie was supposed to originally score blade runner 2049 before he passed away yeah and he told me to really pay attention when you watch it because this is a division that could have been in blade runner 2049 and the score in this movie is really interesting because uh denis villeneuve the the director he basically wanted to give off the effect of like 
there's something menacing out there. There's something that's building up suspense, kind of similar to the shark and Jaws or something else that I saw. It kind of like a the xenomorph in the alien movie from the 70s, you know? So you're building up to something. And in this situation of the movie, it's like the monster, the beast is actually the state of Mexico itself. And just like what everything is going on in there, you know? Yeah. And the sceneries of the of the movie is like they show a lot of open uh, landscapes, and uh, it tells you like you know obviously you know we're not obviously in the U.S. and they'll show you like how different people live in different locations and um, just the shots of them itself. Like one of the things that I liked a lot is uh, the scene where they're in the border, and you know you get these nice like scores coming in. You know, there's sudden rise up and like there's like these blaring horns and then there's like a harp kind of like building tension as you they kind of show the borders and just them even driving through the border. And then it gets quiet. Like, you know, they're 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 waiting for for the you know thunder to go off. You know, there's there's going to be shootings. You know, they're they're in a very, very like tension like situation where. It's so crowded with innocent people, and they're vulnerable too, because they're they're not they're they're operating under a different border themselves, you know. So it's really hard for them to maneuver without triggering like a freaking onset war. Yeah, and I think it's very interesting that you mentioned uh, Milo that uh, uh, they wanted to uh, make the city look like a monster itself because. Uh, I did realize that at some point in the movie they mentioned Ciudad Harris as a, like a beast. Uh, and not only that, with the score and the cinematography, it does feel like this movie is like the tension is always rising. So I think they were very successful in doing that with the score, cinematography, and like the actors, you know? And, and I think, uh, you know, as we're talking about that border scene, and we'll get into it a little more in a bit, but they have that overhead shot of the border and if you really look at it both sides look exactly the same between the u.s and the mexican border you know yes <laughs> but like i guess something i could kind of take away from it just thinking about it right now it's yeah the border is like right like immediately right off outside of the, their own borders everything's peaceful and everything's the same but in mexico they have their own turmoil and we have our own turmoil deeper down in the united states you know so i think it kind of compares it in a way where it does kind of personify Mexico as a beast compared to the United States in terms of just like the corruption. And I don't mean to like talk down on, on like in, on Mexico, you know, I mean, we're all Mexican here. Our parents were born and raised there, I think, as far as I know. But there's obviously a better living conditions from what over here than what it is over there. And that's that's as what we call the American dream. Yeah. Trying to leave those situations and trying to better them once we, of course, have everything organized here to bring that over there at least the way i'm thinking <laughs> so i actually want to ask you guys something um and i thought about this earlier have one have you and if so when was the last time you guys went to mexico if you've ever been a long time ago dude <laughs> a long time ago i think i went to jalisco and i was just there for like one day and then i left gotcha. yeah. yeah for me it's also been the same it's been it's been a while I went when I was and this is such a fun it's such an odd memory because I know I went to Mexico but for some reason when I think about it I thought that I went when I was older but apparently I went when I was really young which is when I was 10 years old 
and uh i went for a week i actually went uh, on a road trip with my cousins we drove there in like three days we spent a week there and another three days back and it was like the best time ever i think beto is the one that beats us because you you visit on on the i want to say regularly but yeah. you have visited a lot more than us well yeah uh the last time i went was probably about like five months ago or so oh shit that's yeah. really recent. it's not like super far you know and I think it is very easily to get lost in these movies and all that the stuff that Hollywood shows you and think that Mexico is like this, <laughs> like murder, like uh, written place, you know, which in fact not. You know, that just bad. like just like the shot, you know, like um, you know, the same uh, border scene. You know, before they're about to go to the border, they give us a uh, they they show about like, oh hey, like you know, this is. We're in a welcome to Juarez. Qua- welcome to Juarez. You know, they're giving like nice shots of like how the buildings are, the structures, and like it's the same like thing. Like you, I would if you would go here in a like down, me- downtown LA oh, yeah, or something. Yeah, like shit. downtown LA, and like whenever I look at Beto, I'm like Beto, please be safe. Beto, <laughs> please be safe. And he's like, bro, I'm chilling. Yeah, I feel like with these movies, it's very easily to, to like see Mexico as like this super like sketchy place where you'll get shot if you're not careful, you know. And even I was afraid you know but once you're there you realize you know if you like don't go to certain areas or like if you just keep your yourself it's a relatively like safe place yeah and like i think that's the same thing here like obviously you know if there's an active place you don't go to that location and it's the same thing in any other you know i would believe any country talking about that though on my way back i did miss like a shooting in tj by like two days so like <laughs> <laughs> hey but we out here <laughs> All right, but before we get too into it, uh, Milo, why don't you give us a little breakdown what this movie is all about? So, yes, uh, as we transition to a new outline, instead of going after every single scene, we will talk about some scenes after this, but I just want to give an actual in-depth summary slash breakdown of the movie's events. So, Kate Mercer, an FBI agent tasked with finding hostages held by the cartel, is recruited by a CIA operative headed by Matt and is tasked with finding the heads of the cartel. However, she does she does not seem to know why she was chosen specifically and does not agree with the tactics that the other agency is using. There also seems to be a third party on behalf of Alejandro's part, who she does not know who is work, who, who he is working for, adding even more tension between Kate, Alejandro, and Matt. Kate finds out that she is only there because Matt's agency is not allowed to operate alone within US borders. Kate decides to stick throughout she decides to stick through with the operation because she wants to find out what the true mission is. Once the actual mission starts, Kate is about to apprehend Alejandro, but he shoots her in her vest and he gets away. And Matt tells her the mission is part of a broader operation to consolidate the cartels into a single entity that the U.S. can more easily control. We find out that Alejandro is part of the Colombian cartel and was a prosecutor whose wife and daughter were executed by the head of the Mexican cartel. The movie ends with Alejandro forcing Kate to sign a paper that said that all their actions were legal. Tough. That is the toughest pill to swallow. Really? No water. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very. It's a very simplified kind of like series of events that we just put out there. To, but if you really look deep into it, there aren't too many more details that we missed out that really add more to like the actual effect of the movie. But I wanna, what I actually want to do next is I want to talk about the actors and the characters. 
and we're just kind of gonna go over not only just who they are and who who plays them but just their behaviors their thoughts their actions just what they do so we're starting off with kate mercer who is played by emily blunt she's an fbi special agent recruited by the ca for a special agent and i think from the beginning of the movie you can kind of see that one she's pretty good at her job and two she plays everything by the book as beto was kind of saying earlier yeah it is mentioned a couple times just by the way she speaks right like they ask her what they put in they want to put in the report she responds like with the truth like obviously you know and then later on uh we see one of his uh one of her her friends asking like they would do everything by the book and she's she kind of like reacts like obviously we did you know it's all we do and uh throughout this movie we get to see her like question this like she's a very by the book person but the more and more she goes into this mission the more and more she feels like she's breaking the rules and it kind of like uh, questions her morality on how to do things right and then i think she's kind of put in a position where because she's not heading the special operation she's kind of at a crossroads where she could either just and i think she threatened it to matt and alejandro that i'll just leave you know but her 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 mission for self-righteousness is like overwhelms the fact that they're not doing everything by the book that she wants to keep going forward because she was tasked with like you want to find the the people who did all this right like the mexican cartel and she said yes you know like adamantly she's like she's dedicated yeah she wants to she's one of those people that seems like to the game she wants to make a change like even though her actions probably aren't gonna do anything she thinks that she's doing what's right yeah, I do want to preface this by uh, uh, saying that I, in my opinion, anything that the people th that did in this movie is wrong, right? Like all this violence and all this like overstepping the boundaries of legality is, in my opinion, very objectively wrong. Yes. Because uh, not only did they like murder a bunch of people that could have been innocent or like, you know, brought a bunch of violence into Mexico. Uh, I think uh, at the end of the movie, it tells you that it was all for nothing but, but personal vengeance that comes from uh, Alejandro. Personal right? vengeance and personal gain. Yeah. So I want to preface that this, this podcast by saying that because uh, it says that at the end, uh, our protagonist gets pushed to a point where she feels uncomfortable doing things for basically nothing. Yes. I had actually seen this the way that somebody put it that I saw on a video on YouTube where it's like usually you have a uh, good people doing bad things. But in this movie, people just do things, whether there's a negative or a positive outcome. And then so next up, we have Josh Brolin as Matt Graver, a CIA officer tasked with the operation that Kate has no idea what the motive is now. Matt is your typical run of the mill CIA officer, you know? And what I mean by that is, although he is the head of this operation and he knows what the out, like the outcome is at the end, not only does he use Kate for his personal gain, but he does so by not getting his hands dirty at all. Yes, man. He is such a. <laughs> he reels her in like fucking fate, bro. Like, it's so fucking sad. And, but the thing is, is like, he. You know, he's obviously trying to tell her, like, dude, like, I've been in your position and, like, I've I've done what you've done, but this is how it works and this is how it's going to go. And I think he he does a really good job, like you said, of reeling her in by kind of making it seem like you want 
your actions to count for something right you want to make a difference in the in the dismantling of the cartel but little does she know that actually we're trying to control the cartel we're not trying to stop it yeah and it, and that just goes to show like uh you know she wants the answers but like literally the answers have been since the day you applied yeah. <laughs> you know? i think matt's character is very interesting because it's kind of contrasting what kate would become if you were like to just break all her like morality and all of her uh, like uh, rules or whatnot, or going by the book, and uh, unfortunately, I believe toward the end of this movie, we see Kate becoming that. Like little by little, she she like takes steps in the wrong direction, in my opinion. And I think ultimately that's like her downfall at the end of the movie because she's so willing to find truth, just find some sort of thing or action that will make a change. And by the end of the movie, she's completely unrecognizable. Just like broken, dude. She's broke. She's like a, a shell of herself. I mean, it's the same thing that happened with Alejandro, right? Like, uh, I think at the end of the movie, when he faces like the the main jefe from El Cartel, he's like, where do you think we uh, learn all this from? You know, it was from, from the U.S. government. So in a way, like the Mexican cartel kind of went through this too, right? Like they themselves like wanted to change and became the bad guys through this like uh breaking of morality i love that scene so much because it's like you know here we are with the, the head honcho the, the main villain that we we view but it's like dude like this guy has probably like sacrificed a lot of stuff just to get to where he's at but not to mention that there's other you know the main the main personal problem oh well, what is the personal problem but the main people that are the problem is the government the head up the heads up the higher ups the higher ups the people that control it i just i don't know um i know we talked about prisoners a couple weeks ago i kind of relate kate's character to um hugh jackman's character you know he kind of started out the movie as like he's very self-righteous he's a very religious person who I mean, from just from the beginning of the movie, you could tell like he wants to do all things right by the book, which in his case is the Bible. You know, he lives under God's rights and rules. And if you do something bad, you're, something's bad going to happen to you. But then I think as obviously when you're put in terms of desperation, you kind of you throw all that away. You see red. Yeah. That's what that's what happens. Um, and then up next, we have Benicio del Toro as Alejandro Gillick, a former Mexican prosecutor turned assassin. And as we mentioned earlier, he'd actually, he is or was part of the Colombian cartel. I forgot. I think, I think he was. <coughs> he is the, the Mexican of Brad Pitt. He really is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's Puerto Rican. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah that he's Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. <laughs> but uh, he plays a very interesting role in this movie where from the beginning of the... When they get on the plane, Kate and Matt, to go to, I think they say Texas, but really they're planning to go over to the border. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he's just sitting there, and he doesn't really say or do anything, but I think you get a glimpse of his character when they're on the flight, and he, like, wakes up, like, startled from, like, a nightmare or something. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, <clears throat> to Kate. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> I'm a secret past, I, I, so dark and twisted. I think it's very interesting you because find out later. <laughs> they made a they made a a creative choice where apparently he was supposed to have a lot more dialogue from the beginning, but Denis Villeneuve actually said, "You know what? I feel that it you it would play a greater part 
if you had 90% less dialogue because Benicio has such a a very menacing, a very strong presence in his character. It's those, it's those eyes, man. It's those eyes. You're just getting lost in them. <laughs> They're very intense, honestly. You, but know, you know who he looks like? And look it up. Car- Carl Urban. Oh, the guy from uh, uh, The Boys? The boys. I mean, at least a lot of people know. Oh, the British? He's not British. I can see it. I see it. I can see it. Even I told you, remember when we were watching it, Brian? And Brief, I was like, when we were oh, watching like, it briefly. Carl Urban? Yeah. He was like, no. It's that one Mexican actor, and I was like, I don't know, that looks like Carl <laughs> Urban. Then I just realized I was like, huh, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, he he plays a very interesting part because, kind of similar to Kate, he has his own transformation throughout the movie because you you he starts as this silent character who kind of you know that there's something to his past. He's very stern. He's very quiet, but he's not. He's not um he's not ignorant. You know, he's very aware of what's going on around them. And he seems to be very used to even when they're like driving through Mexico. And then he even knows when they're actually crossing through the border. And he tells Kate, oh, don't even trust the state police because you don't know they're corrupt or not. So he knows his shit, you know, so something's up with him. I think it's very interesting later when it, it takes a while before you find out what his true motives are or like what his role in the operation is. And I think Kate thinks that like, oh, like, are you part of the DEA or the CIA or like, what are you doing? And he's, I forgot what he says. He's like, I'm just here to help or to watch. Yeah. And then later we find out at the end of the movie, wrote really, he's there for his own motives. However, it benefits the United States where he, like, as we mentioned earlier, his wife and daughter were sentenced so or they were executed. Let, let me get this straight. He was a lawyer, right? And yes. then the mexican cartel rectives family right yes i, I wait, wait 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 so then he became a wet work assassin at the one yes you're telling me he was a lawyer then a wet work assassin that, that threw me off for a loop because i was like that's like years of training how long have you been doing it i mean i'm just looking at more critical uh, or i Logical. think i think um yeah, that's what i was like hmm. i think he must have been part of the cartel as it is and then so he had his ties to his own cartel we could depend i mean like you know as far as for you know, he probably walked up to or got introduced to the CIA and pretty much told him like, "Hey, well, I know things that you." Well, was his, his name? I forgot. Oh, Matt said to Kate, "Is like he he works for whoever pays him the most. It doesn't matter. He like he was working for." He's the like Mexico. he's like us them. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I don't think it was who paid him most, but whoever led him to kill like the main the, the main. Well, yeah, because yeah, he, yeah. he does say that he 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 brings up that they killed his wife and threw his daughter in a vat of acid, which yeah. I. They got I'm them sorry, from Rick and Morty. They got I am them from sorry, Rick and Morty. but I thought it was fucking hilarious, bro. But like <laughs> throwing the kid in a battle of acid. That's like the most comic book ass fucking death, bro. Yeah, I, I thought about Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, when like they like they go into a fake battle of acid and then they're like, I love that episode. Yeah. And then the guy's like, Wow, I can't believe he threw his grandkid in there. That's so fucked up because they did like fake bones that came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's what reminded me. That's what I got in my head. I was like Rick and Morty. I just thought it was so funny. Rick and Morty. Bro, like the writers in there was like, we just have to come up with the most tragic death for the kid. And I mean, like, even like, <laughs> Battle of Acid. I mean, what, what, about the, what about the classic uh, throw their ass in the barrel? And <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Ben, though. But, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, he has his own motives, and the CIA is using them to their, advan- to their advantage, but he has his own motives because he's trying to get revenge, vengeance, you know? <laughs> vengeance. Vengeance. And then um, <laughs> next up, we have some kind of lower tiered characters, but they do play some part in the movie. So up next, we have Daniel Kaluuya as Reggie Wayne. 
a rookie FBI special agent and Kate's partner whose morals and justice seeking ways are in line with her. I, I, I like them as, you know, as, as a team, they're really a, like, they're a really good team. You know, he looks after her, you know, he looks after her. And she's a, yeah, cause he's a rookie. So it's like, he's like, this is my superior. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to show her that I'm worth the job. Yeah. And you know, he goes through, through a lot with her. I mean, pretty much throughout the whole movie. I mean, he, he, she chooses to bring him along. And then, and then they're like, her name's on the list. You're not, you gotta go. Like dude. when they're gonna get on the airplane, I was like, "That's oh, fucked up." Bro. That's so, dude, literally, it was like a walk dog. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Duh. "I think uh, this character is actually really smart to write into this movie because he kind of works as like as an anchor point for uh, Kate's beliefs, right?" So um, Daniel Kaluuya, he stays at the same morality that Kate was in the beginning of the movie. And through comparison to him, him, we get to see Kate like stray further and further and further away. As the movie goes on longer, we get to see them disagree a little more and a little more and a little more. So it, it just like makes you contrast the difference between Kate in the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie through his character, which I think works really well. Yeah, dude, that's true. And I think it's very interesting. There's that one scene where they're um, they pull over all those buses with like the immigrants. And I think at that point, it's like, no, you have to tell us what's going on or like, we're going to leave. Right. And I think it's Reggie who actually pushes her to be like, no, you got to find out what's going on here and now because this is fucking crazy. And then even when they're confronting Alejandro and Matt, Reggie, I think as Beto kind of puts it, like he is her anchor point and he helps her remember, like, we're FBI agents, you know, like Like, we're here for justice. You know, we're we're here to find the truth. It's like, uh. You know that one friend's like, oh, go talk to her. Like she's at the bar. Oh yeah. And it's just like a wingman, just like no, no, no. And then like they just go over there and be like, hey, my friend over there thinks you're cute. And then you just like <laughs> trying to cover yourself. That's literally what happened. That's, that's I never done that. We need. Where can I get one of those? <laughs> mm. I feel like Beto would be, if if need be, guys, you guys could use Beto as your wingman. He's very. I'm gonna tell you, bro. I'm an awful wingman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm terrible. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. (laughs) It's it's because you're quirky, Chris. That's why. (laughs) He could confirm. Chris knows how to get a conversation started, no matter what the subject is, man. Yeah, yeah. Just like the movie, it's a guy. <laughs> um, up next, uh, we have John Bernthal as Ted, a Phoenix, Arizona police officer who appears to be working with the Mexican cartel. If you guys recognize, oh him, yeah, yeah, he plays a Punisher. He plays a Punisher. He comes out. He comes out. Seen so much. He comes out in The Walking Dead and various other movies. That yeah. he's a very good, like, kind of like bruiser style looking actor where he looks like yeah. really beat up. He looks very like. He's going to get into some shit. If, I like, imagine you, him standing at the end of a hall with a bunch of bodies behind him and he's standing like really like... Oh, like in Punisher? Yeah. Basically? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, his pants all the way up I to never his seen, waist. I never seen the movie Punisher. <laughs> the, the show? show. The show. The show, I, yeah. I thought the movie was great, but anyways. Um, I never seen the show other than that one scene when he goes, no, 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 no. no, no. I did. It's so annoying, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's because people played it too many times. Yeah. yeah they they memed mean, it that, too that, much. That's what it is. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, for him, I mean, he's, is he considered a villain also? Yes. Yes. 100%. He works yes. with the cartel. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, but, but you got to think about it. He just did it because he just wanted the easy money. Not but even. Not that even. That doesn't make it right. <laughs> I mean, I know it doesn't make it right. We're like, bro, if you would got easy money, would you not done it? <laughs> Shit. Say less, bro. <laughs> Kill a no, woman, no. bro. <laughs> hey, okay. First of all, 
he he wasn't gonna kill her. I think. Was no, he? he was going to, bro. Oh, at, yeah, oh, at yeah, some yeah, point, at, at some point, when she pulled out his gun, he realized that she was gonna try to fucking kill him. So he's like, "Fuck this." She saw the bands. She literally did see the band. That's that's but, um, what gave her that waking point. He played the really good character in this, where he's very. It was like very short and brief. It was like no more than like 10 minutes. They, they actually didn't want, they almost didn't put in this scene, like the whole bar and then the scene back at her apartment. But they thought it would, be, it would play a good like break from all the violence and like the seriousness to kind of have a moment of intimacy for Kate. But and even would, then they, they ripped that away. You know they ripped that away. Funny? It's like, you know, we're talking about anchor points about like him being that. Yeah. I mean, he literally does do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're at the bar, you know, he's like, oh, come on. Let's, like, like, let's go have a drink. This is my boy, you know, Ted, right here. You know, my boy, Ted, right here, you know, and then lo and behold, they, they get like, obviously, they get close to each other and they're just obviously drinking and they get more acquainted they start dancing and macking on each other but that just goes to show dude like how how scary it is for someone in that area can be working you know for For the the cartels cartels, for these small things you know and Um, imagine how much of like a confident that confidence downer that was we have daniel (laughs) telling her you look like shit bro your eyebrows (laughs) look like shit you need to take a shower and then someone hits on you like yeah fuck you bro someone's hitting on me and it was just for a hit <laughs> i'd be like bro i'm staying single for the rest of my life ain't no way bro, you have to assume too like just like like i think the next morning he's like are you okay and he's like why she's smoking a cigarette and i'm like yeah i'm okay <laughs> dude, she literally got choked out dude that shit's so scary and then lo and behold daddy fucking alejandro benicio del Toro coming over here and just like hey dog i honestly be real did you guys think that did you guys ex- like when you first watched it did you guys expect for somebody to help her or like that uh ted yeah, was like I, I feel like it was too cheesy <laughs> i guess they try to make him like a like a what do you call that like an angel of death kind of like at that point I, I was thinking like it's like the moment of like second wind comes and she knocks him out or something like that you get me you yeah know, like a lot of movies like that they're like okay remember the cyberpunk trailer brian yeah yeah the cy- remember when remember when uh he was being choked out and he was about to die and, and he gets like i don't know where gets the second wind and yeah, he like, just, what, like what the fuck you do? yeah that's <laughs> what i thought if you guys ever seen this uh cyberpunk trailer you you know what i'm talking about it's like a second wind of strength that's, I thought that was gonna happen. But yeah, like I felt like, like you know, there's two possible outcomes. Like, she obviously gets the upper hand and like eventually kills him, and then Alejandro probably comes in swooping in, like all oh, like. I was honestly, my second thought was someone will come in, but it was Reggie. I thought it, or I like thought knocking at the door, coming in with like a pack of beer or something. Like, hey, what's up? Cock blocking. <laughs> yeah. I was going rowdy in there, huh? Just like. <laughs> I know what you guys are doing. He is no longer the Wayman. He cock blocked. For real though, you guys almost done. Um, and then uh, <laughs> he's at the door and he hears her choker and he's like, oh, hey, "Nice, hey, good <laughs> for you, bro. Freaky little girl. Um, <laughs> I'll leave you guys be." Uh, up next, we have Julio Cesar Cedillo or Cedillo as Fausto Alarcon. Wait. What was the importance of Ted Lasso? I'm about to say Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> Ted, not so much. It's just that like, he, he knew he knew certain. So so the in the scene before when they raid the bank and they find the the finances of the cartel. Yeah. Kate's like, oh wait, we could use this to create a case. But instead of listening to Matt, she ends up going to the bank and they see her face on the cameras. Oh, yeah, that's, 
dude, I was so loud. I was like, how they know who? That's a, yeah, that's the reason he was telling her there's, not there's to like go in. There's like a specific in. shot where uh, yeah. where they they see her on the camera. It's like a, a vision from the camera. Yeah. But also from that is uh, when the guy uh, I guess I like gets the bag. He uh, drops <laughs> the bag and then you know shows whatever's in the bag and then like you can see the bands. Oh yeah. It's like a close up shot. And that close-up shot pretty much resembles from the shot that they're in in the in the, in the apartment. Room. And then because uh, he, he has the same bands, he has the same band that the that yeah. the money was with. So she was like, whoa, 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 yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> it comes full circle. Yeah, and then uh, lo and behold, she gets choked out, not in the way that she wanted to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so as I was saying, we have a uh, Julio Cesar Cedillo as Fausto Alarcón. A Sonora cartel drug lord, the one who ordered the murder of Alejandro's wife and daughter. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's like you literally only see him at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Just think for that one bit. I think that was a smart decision to only show him at the end. And yeah. when they do show him, it's not even like he's doing cartel shit. He's having dinner with his family. Where to spoil, spoil just, the most? Just the wholesome, like, just the wholesome dinner. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just. And it's and just, it's, we've seen your kids get shot. <laughs> and it's kind of similar to like Matt's character where. You don't see him doing any of the dirty work. You just see the outcomes of it, you know? Well, I mean, there, there, there's a scene where um, a very amazing scene that I like is the uh, tunnel, the tunnel scene. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're obviously I think at this point uh, they have all, all the I guess all the evidence, all the information that they need to to go in and uh, execute the, the, the plan. And, um, you know, obviously at this point, they tell her like, look, you either want to come or you, you don't. But pretty much just calls her, calls, calls him a bitch because, you know, they, they don't want to be in the, in, the, in, the, in the field, I guess, or in the situation. And, you know, we go into the tunnel scenes. These, these shots are just amazing. Like, it's like, you know, they don't Hollywood it out, I guess. In yeah. Way. They, they go with the type of lighting that you would normally see. Or I, I wouldn't say normally. It was pitch black. A, <laughs> it was completely pitch black. It yeah, was it really black. pitch black. Like, was it like? It was it was a practical. They shot. let the bullets give the lighting. <laughs> yeah, shout out to my boy Roger Deakins, Roger Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the high points of this movie is definitely the cinematography. Uh, like the, the shots in the movie are so beautiful. I think. Uh, before this happens, we do see a scene of like that corrupt cop driving into the storm. Yeah. Like, kind of like foreshadowing oh, yeah, what's about scene, to happen. That scene was so cool. It was like nice. Like, you can see the clouds kind of like touching the mountains. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It, was super, it was super nice. I liked it a lot. <laughs> and, yeah. that, and, you know, going back to, to that scene uh, where they're going through the tunnels, you know, obviously they have all that information. And, um, you know, so Emily Emily Blunt is like trying to be, be focused onto who's going who, where's you know where they're going into which tunnel, and uh, I think at that point she follows uh, Vinicio. Yeah, Alejandro. Alejandro. No, what she doesn't. She followed Reggie, but you never see them split off. That's why I was. So, that's why I was confused. Like, because well, I, I think there's a there's a shot where uh, I think Kate falls and Reggie tells her to wait or like to stay back because she's kind of like not unsettled but she's not all there like in her head because she's like so focused on like after what what uh, are they, what are they doing and what, what they're like what, what they're trying to do and like she almost ends up getting killed yeah you know and he's just like dude like stand back like this is like not our fucking field like we're not trained for this type of shit and uh, let alone they weren't even supposed to be there you know for that top operation and then actually let, let, uh, we're going to talk about the last character who we just mentioned right now um 
Maxi Maximiliano Hernandez Silvio, a Mexican Sonora state police officer who is a drug mule for the cartel. That's that his, his scene. It's it's uh, I mean, it, it's sad because it's like, you know, this is just a working dad trying to do whatever he can for his family. It's kind of they make an interesting choice where every time you see him at the beginning of the movie, it's just him interacting with his son, you know? Yeah. You know, he's just trying to. It makes you feel very food on the table. It makes you feel very conflicted about the fact that he's like a part of the cartel and like he's doing all these bad things, but he's a provider for his family. And if you really think about it, this is probably what happens all the time in the Mexico, like in the in that area where it's like I could either have nothing and not provide for my family, or I can have something and just be on the the wrong end of like the just like the the leak the legality stick and just kind of get what i can to provide for my family yeah and i think through his character this movie shows another thing that does really well is uh showing how all this violence like affects like the people of mexico right i think innocent people yeah yeah i feel like throughout a lot of the movie you get to see the reaction of a lot of like Mexican civilians to the violence. So when Kate shot the police officer in the border, you get to see the grandma looking at the bleeding officer on the street. You know, you get to see like like how it like affects these people. And meanwhile, you know, the head of the cartel, he's just like eating with his family, doing nothing. You know, chilling, dude. And it sucks because like you know, there's families out there. You know, we mourn for like fucking like two weeks or so for someone that died, and then this dude just fucking chilling, you know, eating. Your veggies. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so kind of as we we wrap up these character talks, um, if any, do you guys have a favorite a favorite character in this movie? It's kind of hard for anyone to be really redeemable, with the exception of like Reggie, who doesn't play that major of a role in the movie. I mean, I used to for me myself uh, to answer that. Uh, um, I still want to go with Alejandro Benicio uh, just because uh, you know this dude got what he wanted you know at the end of the day and whether if it was the motives of the cia but it was really his motives of like dude i'm gonna get revenge like bro that he literally killed that guy dude <laughs> he didn't well, have to shoot him oh no nah, dude he fucking he savored it well if you if you kind of no of, no no he killed the what's his name the, uh, silvio the Kropka. yeah he killed him oh, like, oh, okay yeah i was about to before, say yeah before, wait, oh, wait yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the big major part that you guys missed out <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say actually i was like i don't think he kills anyone like good but he kind of does kill someone good which is like the one person that is kind of redeemable I mean, but that's what you got to do <laughs> oh, yeah i mean this is what the movie is about you know like the choices that you have to make for what you think is good and ultimately what kind of person does that make you uh, i mean i don't i don't think alejandro's a good person i would argue he is like one of the worst fucking yeah. people in this movie he is but i mean in the same thing like i guess what i'm trying to say is if you're in that position you do no matter what you do no matter what he had his hands up he was standing still Hey dog, he was standing still too much. <laughs> oh, when he killed Silvio? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, that's like, he gave him the fuerte. He was like, ah. But I think ultimately Alejandro probably, it's that whole thing where it's like, just because he's a part of it doesn't mean he's separated from it. You know, he's a part of the whole. Yeah, like the whole, like, the, the whole. Yeah, he became a part of the problem. Yeah, and then even then, it's like, as far as the CIA's objective goes, it's what it so it's to stop the drug trade from the Mexican. And he's the mule, you know. He caught him mealing, you know, with all those 
the, all the yeah. brakes in the in the trunk. So he's like, you're part of the problem, and I'm here to stop it too. And and I, like like again, like I feel like his uh, his character is really good for that. Um, you know, like I said, whether if it's the CIA's like what they want to do, but really he just did it for himself. And um, you know, in the end of the day, he gets to that table, tells him like. You know, oh, it wasn't personal. Yeah. And he's like, oh, but for me, it was. And he just fucking shoots his That's how, yeah. His, his wife. What did he, what did he say? No, he no, like, he he like, like finish your food. Yeah, like, not in front of the kids. And then he, that, that's when he looks at him, and then he shoots the wife and the two kids. In and shock, man. It, and that's when he was like, oh. you know, for a movie that doesn't really hold back from, like, the violent scenes when it's supposed to happen, the, I think the choice of shooting the family off scene was a pretty good choice. I think I, I think, think that's more of a, a, a rating thing because they would have got like 21 plus or something. Maybe, yeah. Because yeah. like you look earlier when they're in Mexico, you see the dead hanging body. As fucked up as it sounds, I feel like a lot of people want to see that, like at least like a fucking like kid die. But like they know <laughs> it's, pretty too, it's pretty brutal for them not to show that. Yeah, I... Um, and then we kind of talked about the characters but I want to get into talking about a few scenes we have kind of been mentioning mentioning them but I kind of want to talk to them talk about them a little more in depth so first off I want to talk about the first raid which is the movie just starts off so you kind of get like a tracking shot from like the, the outside of a suburb and you're just like I think I think Chris when we started watching it briefly here that night he said like oh it reminds me of that mission from a video game if I'm not mistaken at the beginning of the movie where they're infiltrating the it's wh- modern warfare too. Well, is that what it is it's when uh when you got Alejandro from modern warfare and i forgot the other dude and they, they they're like literally on the border of uh of um mexico oh yeah no that's yeah different. yeah, yeah. It, no, it's, it's the same oh oh no you're okay yeah that was out that scene yeah, yeah but yeah it's very very similar but I you mean, basically have like the the fbi kind of they're gonna they're gonna do a raid like in a kind of like in a suburban in a cul-de-sac i mean because they're looking for hostages, you know, and they kind of raid this house. Oh, yeah, that, that, is, that's, that is one of them, too. Yeah, remember when they're in the scene? Where yeah, and they open and they look through the walls. And then, I mean, that that didn't have, like, it didn't have, it's not a one-for-one. One, yeah, yeah, But, yeah. like, you can see, like, Modern Warfare was very inspired by, like, that, like, scene from the movie. And, uh, so, yeah, we were presented here with our character from the start, you know, Kate and Reggie, this other FBI agents, and they go into the house to raid this cartel safe house from we can assume and the cartel i guess like the the people who are part of the cartel they kind of defend themselves but then kate ends up killing them or they end up killing and capturing some of them and then you see where like one of the cartel members shot into the into the wall you see a body and you find out that the whole inside of the house is literally lined with bodies of all these hostages that they've been looking for. That's fucking intense. It's a brutal scene. I think the way they show the dead bodies in the in the wall is like grotesque. Can you imagine the stench? Yeah. Literally, they literally portray that pretty good too, where it's like they're just throwing up. Kate and Reggie, outside. they're just outside, just like puking, bro. Yeah, that's it's fucking insane. And you know, they investigate the area. They uh, you get the shot of uh, these cops looking outside in the shed, and they're kind of just like, 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 oh shit, there's a latch here. And they're like, oh okay, you know, let's go fucking open it up. 
And you know it's uh, Reggie and uh, and Kate and Kate just talking it out and just like oh like I want to see like they're ta- yeah know. they're talking to like they're higher up and then Reggie you could tell is still kind of sick and she, Kate's like you can go outside and as he's going outside you hear them somebody say oh they found something else and then that's when the explosion happens and then Kate's walking <laughs> out and then the shed fucking explodes because it was triggered to explode. Yeah, that part's insane, dude. The fucking body, like, few body parts come up falling and shit. You know, and then I guess that's what motivates her, like, you know, like, fuck that. Like, I want to, like, find the people that fucking did this. And, you know, that lo and behold, that's where I meet uh, uh, the rest of the crew. Oops, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, we can cut that out. <laughs> the, ne- the next scene that I kind of want to talk about is the actual driving through Mexico and the crossing of the border. I think this is where, and we've been talking about it, this is where Roger Deakins, in this movie specifically, this is his bread and butter right here. Is he the director or the... The cinematographer. Mm. So the way, and we already talked about it too, but just like the way they show like the contrast between the the overhead shot between the two borders, but then you really see how it's not really any different. But even just like... When they're actually driving through Mexico and you just see everything like, you know, like it's a it's a bustling city. No one seems to be phased by the fact that there's all these fucking police officers everywhere and FBI agents. And at some point they're driving and they see hanging bodies and just the way that's portrayed, you know, it's like they don't hold back in that scene. I think that's like one of the few things that like I know Kate saw bodies hidden in a house but she saw them straight up like displayed for everyone to see real life that's like every day for them there i do think that one character is a fucking weirdo the guy with the glasses in the passenger seat when they're in the car oh he's very unfazed too when he was like they're brilliant bro they're so fucking brilliant it's like (laughs) bro you're a fucking weirdo why are you saying this shit? i didn't didn't really like that guy yeah i fucking hated that guy i'm glad he fucking hurts when he pees bro and they uh and then yeah so they and then they finally get where they're supposed like who they're supposed to get to extradite them back to the United States. And when they're crossing through the border, bro, just like the slow traffic, it's like, and then with the score, it just builds up this tension. Like something's going to fucking happen. They're like trapped animals. That seems just amazing. Dude. It's yeah. just fucking insane. And just the tension and then the, the fucking, the calling of the storm just happens. Yeah. That scene does a really good job of like making you feel like this levels of anxiety. You know, you're like, oh, something's about to happen. I think they do a good job doing this by like mentioning like a lot of times throughout the movie that if shit's gonna go down, it's gonna go down in the border, you know? Yeah. And I think I think it was Alejandro who actually noticed the 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 person in the car over holding the gun. So you yeah. know he's not completely like oblivious to the fact that something was gonna happen too. So he's like very aware. And just the actual shooting going down. I think that was one of the first scenes that I had seen in the movie before I actually saw the movie. Which yeah. is which is Alejandro's character saying like, oh, like, calmados, amigos. You know, like, put your hands up. You know, he's just trying to talk them down. Paisano. Yeah, paisano. There you ¿Quieres go. Morir? Yeah. Damn. And just the shooting, it's like they shoot him and then Kate is forced to kill someone. 
who is in a fucking state police uniform. Yeah, dude. Like, what the fuck? And I just think that's such a... It's like what Beto was saying. It's like how normalized the violence is right there. Nobody reacts really until after the fact when they leave. And then in the next scene, uh, I didn't really think too much of this scene, but just what it leads to is important to notice. So it's when they raid the bank and then they get the financial records of the actual cartel. And they find out that somebody's been depositing increments of like just under $10,000 to not alarm anything or like anybody. And Kate's like, oh, you know, we have what we need. You know, we can make a case against them. But Matt's like, no, we need to just just calm down, you know, just know your place. And then this is where she goes into the bank and then they, they get into this whole rigmarole where she gets her face on camera, which has some really dire consequences in the following scenes to come. And this is where we get to the scene where, uh, where Reggie and Kate, they go to the bar because they're like, Kate's defeated. She's like, I need a fucking drink. I don't care where we go, you know? Yeah. And I think we do have to talk about why she is so defeated. I feel like uh, as someone that has been part of the police force this whole time, she has like not had to do any morality judgments of her own. She's only had to follow everything by the book, right? And so they have this meeting how they tell the, they tell her like, you, know, you, you don't have any boundaries anymore, right? Like you can do whatever you want. Whatever you're doing here is within legal bounds. Oh yeah, her higher up on the guy with the gray hair. Yeah, well, they, they, his higher up tells her, look, you can do whatever the fuck you want on there. This is legal. And this is when she realizes like, shit, like if I go by the book, I'm, I'm going to be so, doing some very immoral stuff. So she realizes like, damn, bro, I fucking need a drink right now. <laughs> and this is where it leads into the Dude, next she looks scene. She like she wants to get that chair and just fucking launch it <laughs> yeah. at him, bro. <laughs> yeah, so then we go to the scene in the bar. And what happens, by the and this is where, you know, Reggie's kind of telling her, like, damn, you look beat the fuck up, basically. <laughs> and, you know, we, we kind of see it's a very intimate moment between them. You know, they're, at this point, they're not just co-workers. They're like partners. It's like, I'm here for you. But like, damn, you need to take a shower and change your clothes. <laughs> and then we see Ted come over. Um, and I think Kate and Ted had been kind of eyeing each other from across the bar and he ends up coming over because Reggie knows them and then they kind of start talking, you know, they start mingling, the drinks start going, they start dancing. And then it leads to that intimate moment between her, between her and uh, Ted in her apartment. And then I, I know we had mentioned it earlier, but then she, as they're like making out and getting intimate, she finds out because she sees one of the bands that were found the, with the cartel money. Yeah. And then she panics and she's like, oh, wait, hold on. You were moving too fast, you know, kind of trying to slow things down. She gets up and she's like, fuck, I fucked up so bad sleeping with the enemy. (laughs) And then she kind of she starts pacing away and he's like, hey, what's going on? What's wrong? And then I think she kicks him away and then she tries to reach for her gun. And he's like, what the fuck's your problem? Like, calm down. But she's not trying to calm down. She's like straight up trying to kill him, you know, goes in for the kill. And then that means shit. we have the angel of death, fucking Alejandro come and save her. And lo and behold, it's because they basically used her as bait. But it's like Matt says, like, we didn't use you as bait. You used yourself as bait when you went into the bank. Yeah, bro. Like, it's like, I told you. And he did. He did. He, he basically told us, like, hey, like, don't fucking do this. Like, already, like, telling her, like, I've been through that. I've done it. And this is what you're going to get. And you're going to get mad. Yeah. And I do have to pose this question. Like, is this one of these moments where Kate realizes that she's going to have to break a couple of rules because 
the opposite team is not following the rules, right? Like, uh, maybe she realized at this moment that, damn, these guys are willing to go out of the way to fuck up my personal life to kill me. Should I be following the rules too? Yeah. I think... That's true. I don't think... I mean, shit. With the exception of her killing that, that border agent and then even just continuing to stick with the mission without complaining about it, I think that was her own form of not following the rules but i think that's as far as she's gonna go you think so because uh toward the end of the movie when uh alejandro forces her to sign the treaty right when he's like walking away she aims the gun at him and she has a chance to stop him right she has a chance to be like hey this guy fucking like threatened my life on my own house uh and then she decides against it which in my opinion shows that she she's no longer the same person that goes by the book that's a good point. I didn't think about it from that perspective, but I also think that um, I just lost my fucking. Oh, okay. I think at that point she realized that even if she would have killed them, it kind of would have been like uh, what Alejandro did. So he killed for vengeance, right? Now, if she would have killed to kind of uphold her own values, she would have gained nothing from it, with the exception of like she's a new person if she would have killed them, just for that fact, you know. I think that's a very interesting reading of it. So you think by her not shooting Alejandro, she stuck to who she was at the beginning of the movie. I think she kind of protected herself from going down the path that Alejandro did. Oh, that is a very interesting reading. I actually read that completely the opposite. Yeah, because I think that if he would have killed her, I think she knows, like, if I kill him, nothing's going to happen because I'm still going to be an FBI agent and shit like this is still going to happen. And I think this is where she looks at the grander scheme of things. Or maybe she's just looking at it from her own perspective because she's just one agent, you know? Hey, that's the beauty of movies, right? We watched the same movie and we both came up with completely different meanings out of it. That's very interesting. Yeah. And I I like your... I I saw that point of view too from your perspective. I I really like that too. Um, And then the next scene, it's probably another really good... Well, it's, it's one of the other best scenes that we have, which is a tunnel raid, you know? And it's a very practical scene. They... It's not like the fact that they made it pitch black. It was already pitch black. And they actually used a... I actually have it here in the notes. Um, For the sequence involving the thermal and night vision goggles that were non-functional, a props man heated the soles of his shoes so his footprints would register more prominently throughout the length of the shot. Two systems were used, one for night vision and one for thermal imaging. In order to differentiate between the two POVs, the production only had the use of the... FLIR SC8300 infrared camera for one day. And I think that was a really good scene where, I mean, shit, it looks freaking badass. You know, it's a night vision. It looks like a straight up video game. And just like the, the way that they maneuver through the night, it looks like you're actually there. It looks like you're, you're actually part of the operation, you know? And then even when they, get, when they get into the tunnel, just the way that they all really, they work really well with each other and just because they know the layout of the tunnel because you know they find out that the tunnel is even there it's it just adds to the beauty of this whole like operation because you actually finally see the operation they've been building up to this whole time 
And I think the decision of making it so technical makes it feel that much more real, right? Uh, it doesn't make you feel like you're watching a movie. It makes you feel like you're watching an actual operation to bust the cartel. Because it's not just like how people think like an operation. Oh, we know where the bad guys at. Now we're just going to go on full on blast. And as I was watching the movie, I was like really drawn in. I was like, damn, this shit. This feels legit. This is, this feels real. And I think once again, shout out to my bo- my boy Roger. Deacons, let's go. <laughs> and then something that I really one of the last one of the oh, actually, oh no yeah okay so it's a combination it's a couple of a couple scenes which basically which basically starts from after Alejandro leaves with Silvio through the tunnel and they actually find and pull over Diaz and they're like in the pitch black like desert you know all you can see is the police lights and the car and the Diaz's car lights you know and it's just like they're completely separated from society you know so it's like they're already doing bad shit but the fact that they're separated from everyone no one's around you know and it's like Alejandro is having Silvio pull over a freaking lieutenant from the cartel and he's like don't you know who I am I'm I'm part of the cartel basically what he's saying and I just really like that scene and unfortunately, this is where Sylvia actually gets killed, you know, where you, you kind of expect for him to... I think Alejandro's kind of talking to Silvio when they're driving, right? He's kind of like, oh, like, why are you doing this? I, I really forgot what he says. He but. just tells him, like, hey, man, like, I, like, I'm just, I just work here. I just do this. You know, I have a kid, this and that. And, but, you know, he's like, just listen to what I say and, you know, just do it. And we'll probably go home. And, and he fucking shoots him. <laughs> just shoots him in the back of the head while he was about to talk. And I think, and then this is where, once they get to the mansion, this is where you see Alejandro go on full, like, operative mode. He freaking pulls up with Diaz already shot. He kills, like, three people. He goes inside. Oh, and, goes ham, bro. And, and there's a really cool scene where they actually have an overhead night vision shot of him actually entering the mansion. And then as he's going through the mansion, you know, one of the maids sees him and he kind of looks over at her, but he's not there to kill innocent people. He's just, well, with the exception of Silvio, but <laughs> he, he's there to get vengeance. He's there for the people who hurt him. And he, as I kind of mentioned earlier, it's kind of funny that they actually, the one scene that we see a lot of is he's having dinner with his family. And he just kind of seems like a family man, you know, in a wealthy house with his family and he just kind of sneaks up on them and they don't really notice him. He's holding a fucking gun, a rifle, and then they finally notice him. And then he tells the kids and the wife, like, keep eating. And he's kind of talking to them. And I think it's, it's kind of what you said earlier, Brian. He's like, oh, it wasn't personal. But then he's like, for me, it was, though. Yeah, and it's like, it's. I like that scene also just because, you know, you look at these kids and they're like, dude, like, they're... They, they, I, I don't know if they have probably seen like what their dad does or like, if they know or you know, if the dad does really well at like hiding what he does and um, you know you see these kids faces like they're the first one to see what's going on like what, what's about to happen you know obviously the wife turns later because you know she as Alejandro's building and she's obviously turned later D- doesn't he say like do they speak English yeah yes. he, he asked him, like do they speak English like no uh, he was like no, we're gonna talk in English 
So even at the end of their lives, he's like trying to protect their ears from what his father, from what their father really is doing. Yeah, and you know, he uh, obviously, you know, they, they speak in English in terms of what's going to go on. And man, it's just so, ju- that, that's like the juiciest scene, dude, because it's just like this dude that just is about to get what he wants. He gets it and he fucking savors it. <laughs> it does, but I think, I think we were kind of talking about like how even though after all this happened, like he doesn't really change you know like he got what he wanted but it doesn't really change his life in in any way well that's why they made a second one boy (laughs) uh and lastly i want to talk about the scene where but um he says he says to him with that whole scene like what do you think you learned learned from this he didn't kill him right away he just paused and he looked at him and he and uh, he smiled back at him because he's like you know you know that that's right you know this all happened because of them and then that's when uh, he offers like oh, because like the American, yeah. And he was like, uh, "Don't um, not in front of the kids." And then he was like, you know, how about the kids? Yeah. <laughs> um, and lastly, we have Kate back at her apartment after everything has just happened. She's absolutely defeated, you know. I think we were talking about how she picked up smoking while the operative started, (laughs) or like in terms of tense situations. But at this point, she's just smoking because fuck it, you know, like there's nothing left. At this point, bro, she fucking relapsed real hard. And then Alejandro enters her room with some papers and he's telling her to sign them. That basically says everything that went on in the Mexican border was legal. And Kate still holding on to her morals and her morality. She's like, I can't, you know. And then Alejandro brings out a gun, you know, and he's like, you have to keep. And it's kind of... Oh, yeah, dude. He just places it on the table, I think. No, no. He puts it under her chin and he says, that would be suicide if you don't sign it. Oh, yeah. Fuck, bro. Let her know that, like, there's no way walking out of this. I think it's... I think I felt like this was really important, what he says. He says, you remind me a lot of my daughter. Yeah, I was about to say that right now. Because he says that during, before he, like... He mentioned something about his daughter to her. Earlier in the movie, yeah. So I think I don't know. That's a very I, I I don't know what to think of that of him saying that there. But I think kind of in a sense saying like I don't want to have to kill you. Yeah, that's what I that's what I, I had. I think I mean you've seen him. He's ruthless. He doesn't care. He could have like when she, when he said or when she said no, he could have easily just killed her there and then. Like all right, that's done. You know. Oh yeah, he said that when he when he saved her from Ted, huh? When he's when he saved her from Ted, he said something like after. I think the morning after, and then he even checked up on her. He was like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, and like I think he could have killed her like right there and then. Or I say no. I mean, he seems very heartless. Like he is like one of the worst guys other than the other cartel. I, I think you also have to look at it from the lens of like, not that he admires her for the fact that she's like so like moral and her she follows the rules but you have to admit that he's probably she's probably one of the few people that she's met that actually tries to follow the rules to make some change yeah yeah throughout all this movie i find myself wondering like what like it kind of feels like alejandro has like a soft spot for kids you know and uh it wasn't until this moment that i realized oh he just like reminds her of his daughter i feel like it's a little bit of a cop-out but you know it makes sense in the story yeah. there was actually um i was when i was doing some research there was actually supposed to be a nude scene between them between kate and uh, alejandro what the fuck yeah but uh 
Emily Blunt kind of opposed to it. And then even Benicio was like, no, like, it, like I'm going to go with what she says. Because I guess they had worked on a movie together. And she's like, no, it's like, I feel like we're brother and sister. Like, I can't do something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I think that's like one of the good things. Like, you know, sometimes when you watch a serious movie, they always kind of ruin it with intimacy or love. Yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine the director like, all right, now get naked. Now take it off. <laughs> and I think if they would have done that, it kind of would have thrown off the whole dynamic, not only of between the characters between them, but like the characters be- like within their own characters. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good decision at the end of the day for Melanie Black. Yeah, it's, it's like, it reminds me of um, when um, Ray and Kylo Ren from Star Wars Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> that was not, not a good decision at all. Um, as we reach the end of our episode, do you do you guys want to kind of give a comment on like any themes that are worth noting, or like anything you took you could take away, or like if you're explaining to somebody, like what what would you what would you describe it as in terms of like thematically? I think for myself. Uh, I, I would like to view it like this is not like an action movie. This is not beyond like, oh, you know, this is gonna be your average Hollywood Mexican cartel type of situation. This is like I, I would give them like if you want the way to see uh or or you want to view the way how governments work and how interesting it is as close to what it is, this is gonna be you. this is the movie. We're just back on like that. What yeah, about you? Yeah. I know Chris doesn't really do thematically, but I'll still ask you. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I didn't take anything from the movie. I thought it was just a cool movie. You know, I liked yeah. it. It was a solid movie. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I did like the, some of the scenes uh, in the score. You know, it's just like you know, I didn't really take anything out of the movie. You know, I, everyone knows the movie. It's, <laughs> it's not like far reaching. Maybe back then when the movie came out, but nowadays it's kind of like, you know, like, oh, yeah. What surprise? You know, they, they have, like, cartels in Netflix or whatever. They talk about it. Um, what do you call that fucking show? That Narcos. 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 There you go, yeah. But I feel like Narcos is just kind of like... It's very stylized. It's stylized. It's like... on speaking. It's dramatic. I'm speaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a movie, bro. I, I, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't find anything in the street. It's not a movie. It's life. It's a film. That, that's why we have Chris here for the hot take to, to humble us. <laughs> well, it's literally like not every movie I go watching it, I'd be like, what does it mean? Okay. Uh, how about you, Beto? Uh, I think what this movie is trying to say at the end of the day is that uh, your, mor- your morality doesn't matter, right? I think uh, every character in this movie is like guided by their own morality in some kind of point, right? Alejandro, Mac, Kate, even the cartel is like, you know, you guys did this first, right? We learned this from you. But at the end of the day, what really matters is the violence they bring upon uh, the Mexican citizens. I think one of the most uh, hidden scenes in this whole movie is when the kids are playing soccer. And they hear gunshots in the distance and they stop for a second and then they could just go back to regular because they're accustomed to it, you know? So at the end of the day, this battle between morality that Kay has, whether to do the right thing and the wrong thing, didn't matter. Because at the end of the day, what she ended up doing is bringing even more violence to the the state of Mexico. That's true. I didn't think about it too. Like, let's say if Kate had done it by the book, people would have still died. There would have still been violence in Mexico. The only difference is that 
um, Alejandro wouldn't have gotten the revenge and the, the cartel higher up could have just been in prison. But it would have still continued. Yeah. yeah. And even I think by that scene at the end, it says <laughs> that even though Alejandro did end up killing the main guy from the cartel, the violence still continued. This was still going on after. It's, it's like that uh, that phrase goes, if you cut a chicken's head off, it's going to keep running. Yeah. What about you, Milo? Any last thoughts? Um, I think you put it pretty well in terms of the morality. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do. At the end of the day, I mean, the fact that she didn't let herself get corrupted to the point of just turning a blind eye to violence. That it doesn't mean that she didn't change as a person. And definitely her whole worldview is going to be fucked up. Even after everything she's seen. And I do have a last question because I think you, Milo, Milo, you and me disagree on this part, right? Did Kate change as a person? Did her morality change? Are her new boundaries expanded? Is she willing to do more dirty work? Or is she not? I think... I believe that she's not completely opposed to turning a blind eye to like her morality going forward. I'm sure if there's absolutely something that needs to be done, she will be do she will do it, you know. Which I think kind of in a good way that puts this into perspective is the fact that and I don't know the reason why, but she doesn't come out in the second part. But I think that's probably a good thing because maybe we would have seen her compromise her morality and then we would have seen her in a different light. But I think the way that this ends, it kind of leaves it a little ambiguous. You know, you don't know if she's willing to go to the ends of the earth to like fulfill her duty as an FBI agent or like help people, save people or whatever, you know. Interesting. Whatever. Oh, yeah. You asked me the question, but yeah, I already know what you were thinking. But, um, so that actually brings us to the end of our episode. And it also brings us to the end of this season, too. So we just wanted to thank you guys to our audience members, to you guys are still listening to us and supporting us. Um, as we go forward, we did work on a new outline, which is what we use today. And we hope we enjoy and we hope you guys enjoy it. We, we're trying to streamline our episode length. We're trying to get more content going in terms of visually and just using other platforms to try to get us out there. And we hope that you guys keep following and listening to us. Absolutely. And hopefully, you know, we are going to be making some different changes. Just like as Milo mentioned, we did change the outline a bit. And um, there's going to be changes, you know. We're going to do it the best for you people and uh, hopefully for the best of ourselves. Also. And going forward, we are no longer going to be actually announcing the movies at the end of our episode. So instead of letting you guys kind of know what we're going to talk about, we're actually just going to be releasing episodes about movies that you guys don't didn't previously hear about from us so we hope that kind of gives you more of a surprise or something more to look forward to going forward awesome all right guys and i think we'll leave it at that again appreciate you guys for listening like Milo mentioned uh, my name is brian my name is milo this is beto and this is chris thank you for watching that oh watching <laughs> thank you for listening to buzz candy and critical and hopefully you will be watching this soon we'll be back in two weeks guys after the stuff. Bye.